And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. You will rest in peace. Basketballs don't hold grudges. He got a bicycle. Hi there. Uh, this is Tom Mimner uh, of the WrestleCube. Obviously, you're listening to it. Um, and we're about to present you with this week's episode. Um, unfortunately, we had some technical issues. So between myself and Daniel, uh, as we recorded over Skype in the way that we often do, especially at the moment with coronavirus and social distancing and everything else, um, we had a little snafu, uh, completely my fault. So it's taken me a little bit of time to edit this together. So we actually recorded about a week ago, but... Uh, most of the information I think involved is pretty much in date, um, but there will be some audio and technical glitches throughout. I've done my best to salvage it so you can actually hear both of us. Um, but yeah, so I apologies in advance for any uh, difficulty listening to this, and um, I hope you enjoy the content because we really enjoyed recording it, and lessons will be learnt uh, on my part very much. Um, so um, yeah, please do enjoy and please don't hold it against us that uh, the audio quality in places is a little bit ropey. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. Hey, this is Stroke Daddy, Ricky Starks, and you're listening to The Recipe. Hello, and welcome to The Wrestle Cube. Yay! Cube. Um, my name is Tom Mimner, uh, and I'm joined by Daniel Akimbola. Hello, Cube. Cube. How are you doing? I'm, I'm fantastic. Uh, you know, uh, fancy and COVID-free. Yeah, um, it's been about six weeks since we've done one of these, um, and I'm pretty sure nothing newsworthy has happened in that time whatsoever. Fairly, fairly normal. Pretty quiet. Set of circumstances. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Lockdowns and... You know, yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, I know we're now in the end times, but uh, you know, I think, <laughs> well, I think you know, it's going alright. The wrestling still continues. Yeah, well, weirdly, the apocalypse it turns out. It, yeah, Vince McMahon and cockroaches. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a funny thing. Um, yeah, I, it's weird, man. Like, I, I yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously, uh, coronavirus, COVID nineteen has been the big kind of thing in the news, and everyone's talking about it. Everyone's trapped in their houses or depending on where you're listening to this you know you might be in a hospital who knows uh and if you're in hubei china then things are going pretty well because it's subsided over there. yeah well hopefully <laughs> for yeah, now <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens but yeah um but you know we'll stay away from the the politics of the situation um, mm. too much because well away yeah yeah let's do that um but for wrestling uh, obviously, yeah. it's had a bit of a knock-on. So, WrestleMania, no longer happening at the Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. Now it's happening at the WWE Performance Center in front of no fans. Um, uh, and happening over two nights. This is the most fascinating and amazing thing I have heard. And I'm so excited. To I know, me too. Friggin' crazy WrestleMania. This performance art WrestleMania. I, I cannot wait. It's like, it's... So weird. You know, The Undertaker doing his proper entrance on a ramp that's 10 feet long. Oh, man. I want them to make it like a studio television show. I want them to go full fucking wacky with this. I think they will. I think they will. Yeah, I think they'll have to. Yeah. It's an odd one. Like, I um, I was thinking about it, and it's like Goldberg is the one I'm thinking most about. It's going to be so weird watching him do his, like, stomping down the entrance to no one there. There's no one there, yeah. It's going to be so weird. 
Oh, yeah, the whole, I'm, I'm looking forward to it so much. They can make him look so... Well, one, they can edit the wrestling, so they can make him look amazing. You can just... <laughs> well, this is the thing as well. They have to be live. It's over two nights, but I don't know. They've not said specifically that it's live. It might not be. Oh, no, it might not be. Which, I mean, if I was them, why not? Like, make it, make it not live. No, no, just do some crazy Lucha Underground editing shit together stuff. Just make it the craziest like television show that that could be really 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 cool the benefit of editing as well is when you've got characters like the undertaker and bray wyatt for example oh, yeah you could do quite a lot with that but if you if you were on like a half an hour tape delay or whatever like see so because you could you could fuck about with that quite a bit i mean it could be basically live you could do all sorts of crazy well, i'm thinking like teleportation and yeah lightnings and <laughs> i mean there's nothing stopping them yeah, I want it. I From, want to go full blown stupid. Yeah, definitely. Why not? Like, I mean, it's already going to be surreal and fucking weird enough anyway. So why not make it into something just massively off the wall? I've seen they've done two uh, a Raw and a SmackDown from the PC uh, with no fans. Uh, the SmackDown was weird because it was Triple H on commentary, basically just burying everything. <laughs> it was really weird. Doing the old um, Diesel routine, the old Kevin Nash. I loved it. He was on, he was on, he was a cameraman for a little while. Like, he was having the time of his life. It was great. <laughs> it was so good. I, I need to actually catch, uh, check those out. I haven't seen those yet. But I've, se- I've seen a few gifts and whatnot from those episodes. Yeah. Um, as we'll, we'll discover later on in the show, I tend to try and avoid watching the WWE at all costs. <laughs> apart from Wrestlemania and the Royal Rumble yeah I mean I think that's you and a lot of other people to be fair it's not uh, you know people hate me right now but I oh god but we'll get into the later no Daniel a lot of people don't hate you right now because not a lot of people are listening to this (laughs) (laughs) good point I'm sure the four people that listen to this two of us two of them which are us hate hate me right now I know I do yeah, well, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think, it's, if anything, I'm more excited than I would have been for a seven-hour stadium show that was going to drag massively and that was going to be very hard to keep up with. Actually, having it over two nights as well, I think, is really beneficial. And I'm hoping that this is something they see and go, OK, actually, we could do this over two nights next year as well in a stadium. Because rather than having one seven-hour, seven, eight-hour show, have two four-hour shows, double your revenue... <laughs> Oh, wow. Like, it's crazy that they're not doing this already. I've just uh, seen a clip of some of the stuff that was is is, is happening in, in the Raw, and uh, the, the screwy stuff we're talking about is happening, and I think, do you know what? It's actually looking kind of interesting, the fact that there's no one there. It kind of seems to be... I'm way more interested in this show without an audience. So they had The Undertaker in the ring, and he disappeared and then appeared behind the OC. Yeah. And I'm like... This could be. This could be really. Uh, this could be fun. This could taking away those horrible crowd reactions or the lack thereof. Once again, we'll yeah. Into that, maybe just kind of you can concentrate a bit more on the show uh, and the spectacle of everything without having to pander to the crowd and stuff. But uh, have you actually? Here's a question: What did you think of the Raw and the SmackDown without the uh, the the audience? Like, what's your impression so far? It's the the thing is, is they're weird shows because they're not like the Raw, for example, had one match on it. Ah, on a three hour show because they they 
fed up. That's horrible. Well, no, no, it's not though because an hour and a half, an hour and a half, including commercials of that show, was taken up with them re-showing the Royal Rumble. Oh, okay. Which was very clever, I think. It's a great use of time. That's really cool. Okay, that makes sense. So they're not overloading the shows with actual wrestling from from the performance center like they will have to do for WrestleMania, but it's it's clever that what they're doing and there's a lot of in-ring segments and it is a bit weird but they're also messing about with the concept like they did Stone Cold Steve Austin there and you've got like Byron Saxon on commentary giving um you know ratings out of 10 with a big placard you know I heard Stone Cold kick someone square in the balls oh yeah he tried to give Byron Saxon a stunner and kicked him square in the nuts (laughs) (laughs) it's it's, it's so funny (laughs) Uh, I, I also under it, it, because everyone was focused on that. I think a lot of people missed that when Byron was lying around on the floor, the person who was obviously um, designated to throw beers to Stone Cold, uh, he he overshot and one of them hit Byron in the head <laughs> while he's lying on the floor. This is not his day. <laughs> no, but I, I thought that was even more funny. To be honest, I I, I enjoyed that immensely. Here's a question: Who who's more who's more of an MVP, Stone Cold for catching the Steve Weisers or the guy for throwing them, you know, uh, where Stone Cold can catch him? Is is it is is Stone Cold a really good wide receiver or is the other guy a really good quarterback? I think it's a bit of both because yeah. I think it takes quite a lot of skill not to overshoot that throw. And he and whoever the guy whoever is I think it must be the timekeeper or somebody uh, ringside who's been doing it for all these years. And it has to be somebody who's the same person because it's always spot on. Like, it's always amazing. I don't know how... Like, they're always such accurate throws. So it's got to be someone who's very good. And But Austin is, is clearly very good at catching them. Cause, He's very good at catching this. You know, one of his... <laughs> what a life skill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one I plan to teach my daughter. In, in fairness, well, same... I, I, you know, I, uh, I, I won't, I won't say a bad word against Stoke or Steve Austin. That segment was pretty terrible, but I mean, it's fine. It's fine. He's stone cold. Nothing is, nothing is damaging him at this point. There's a, a Wrestle Cube Hall of Fame, which ah, I've got an idea for our next Instagram thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, in the on the Wrestle Cube Hall of Fame, Stone Cold is definitely in there. I think he's a he's a number one draft pick for the uh, the old Hall of Fame there. First agree. ballot. First ballot all day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that makes all the sense in the world. He's, yeah. I mean, especially bearing in mind we we kind of grew up in an era where he was the top star. He was the man. Yeah, you know. And probably one of the reasons that wrestling was as popular as it was during that period, really. Yeah. I don't think you can, you can't understate his importance. No, you can't. It's funny because The Rock is the biggest star, but I feel like Stone, like, for wrestling fans, it's always like Stone Cold means so much more than The Rock. Every day. Oh, I think, but I think The Rock is the bigger star because The Rock has gone on to be a bigger star outside of wrestling since then. So, because he's such a big star in his own right, it makes him seem like a bigger star within the world of wrestling as far as public perception goes. But you're absolutely right. I think, from a wrestling fan perspective, Stone Cold Steve Austin means so much oh, more. Man. Yeah, he's the guy. And people forget, you know, before he broke his neck, he was a hell of a wrestler as well. Like, n- not just this brawler. Like, you know, you go back and watch some of his stuff from the early 90s in WCW. Like, even before that, the stuff in USWA. Like, or even his early stuff in WWE. Even, he had a great strap match with uh, Savio Vega. Uh, uh, beware of dog in your house. <laughs> a Caribbean strap oh, match. In your house. Jeez, I forgot about those. <laughs> I used to love those. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, those are the best. 
tell me, you must have heard that story about how uh, the, the first ever one, they gave away a house. Wait, they really did? What? Yeah, yeah, somebody won a house, like, legitimately. They signed over the deeds to a house. I wonder if that person still lives in their house. Oh, no, no, they did a follow-up with this not that long ago on uh, WWE.com, Ow. and um, <laughs> the person sold the house almost immediately. <laughs> oh, fair enough. I mean, why wouldn't you? You've been given a house, and you already live in a house, so why wouldn't you immediately sell that house? What, what was up? Because I remember when I was a kid, the, the in your houses would be on, and were they they were pay per views, right? Yeah. So for a while, there was this weird thing where they had the full price pay per views. So your SummerSlam, your WrestleMania, your Royal Rumble, your King of the Ring, uh, your Survivor Series, and then the in between those, you would have in your house events that would be half the price of the other ones, and they would be half as long. Yeah, because remember they weren't as special, but they were like on a lot. And then as time. Uh, as time went on, well, they just got replaced. So as time went on, they stopped being uh, in your house branded uh, with the house and stuff. So they would, as it went into the Attitude Era, you had more um, kind of, you know, you'd have in your house unforgiven, in your house bad blood. And then... uh, other. Okay, yeah. And then they just dropped the in your house part eventually because it, it... because there wasn't a house, it didn't really make sense. There was no more house set, yeah. yeah. No. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> I love a musical interlude, please. That's hey, good. you know, that's, that's what we do here. Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, I, it's going to be weird, WrestleMania. I'm quite excited about it, I think. Yeah, me too. And, you know, the card itself is pretty stacked. Um, and we'll, maybe we'll do something, it's still a few weeks away, so maybe we'll do something nearer the time. Uh, or afterwards going looking at it i mean you've got goldberg and roman reigns which should be pretty decent be hopefully short crowd booing it too yeah it'll be really weird actually i don't know it's it's almost weird thinking about roman reigns wrestling in front of no booing oh, i'm looking forward to it it'll be nice <laughs> he doesn't deserve to be booed he's quite good he he's quite good and he has been this whole time also he legitimately came back after having cancer yeah like, yeah. how can you boo somebody who came back from cancer? People still booing him, I'm guessing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's terrible. Um, but yeah, so that's that should be quite good. You've got John Cena and Bray Wyatt, which should be good. Um, or at least... Cena's return been so far. He's only been around for twice, and both times it's fine. It's this weird thing, again, because he, he was there on the empty arena SmackDown... You had this weird thing where he was in the ring with Bray Wyatt, but not the fiend, the the other Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt. Um, have it, they were cutting a promo kind of there, and um, I, I saw somebody tweet this the other day that, uh, and it's a very good point that wrestling without uh, an audience suddenly turns it from this like big flashy thing to like a really tense like Samuel Beckett play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that as well. And that, that made, that's what got me interested. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm into it. It's true though. Like I kind of I kind of see that. I have to say like it's yeah. And it, it's really really weird to watch it because it does. It feels like you're watching a play. <laughs> Waiting for Bray. <laughs> so the, the fiend rises. Uh Oh, yeah. Um I, I can't think of any better puns. I will. I'll think about it. It's fine. Um, not right now. Sorry. I, I wasn't just drifting off tablet. I'm looking at Samuel Beckett plays, but I've got nothing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not. My knowledge of Samuel Beckett is fairly, fairly limited. Waiting for God at a minute ends. That's it. Yeah, that's all. That's yeah. Um, waiting for Goldberg. 
Ja, ja dat... Goldberg, thank you. Ja, 
generally, yeah, a lot of it was crap. Give me some examples. Well, I'll listen with open ears. And well, the rise of John Cena. Hmm. Yeah, the rise. I mean, you know, and they've, they've, you know, they've been a bit creative with the truth. Uh, they've left out the bit where he was, uh, he lost the US Championship because he got stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know that happened. Yeah, he got stabbed by Carlito's uh, Carlito's bodyguard, Jesus. Oh wow, Carlito! That's that was a guy. Yeah, that, the guy who used to eat the apples. He'd spit in the face of people who didn't want to be cool. One of the main reasons I stopped watching this. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Edge is fifteen times world champion, and no one would blame you. It's crap anymore. I think is. Edge, Edge was actually not too bad, but like he probably should have been an upper mid carder, or he could be a world champion, but maybe not fifteen times. I think if I hadn't just gone to uni and was drinking and and smoking like a like a degenerate, maybe I would have been like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with this. But going from the Attitude Era and then that time in my life with all of those distractions, I yeah. was just like, this this sucks. I'm gonna stop watching. Going going from being a child to an adult. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, but it wasn't even that because I, I did watch, I did persist, I did keep watching for a good like first year, second year, whatever. But after a while, I was like, this, I have loads of other things to be doing, and this yeah. sucks now. Edge is world champion. I'm not watching this anymore. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, but you know, there was a the uh, rise of Randy Orton, Evolution, Brett, Brock Lesnar's first run. There were some a, a few good things in there. Is that where Brock Lesnar did the shooting star press? Yeah. Part of yeah, they actually show it on this, which they don't often do. Oh, I do not want to see that ever again. Yeah, he looked like he should have died. Yeah, <laughs> he looked like he did. And yeah, I mean, they they they, they do talk about how everyone backstage went, "Oh no, he's dead." He's dead. <laughs> he's oh, dead. <sighs> yep. Um, you know that's. When I really stopped watching because I, I I saw Evolution. I remember I remember Evolution happening. Did you think? It, did you immediately think it was a mystery? I did. I was. I tried to solve it, but I couldn't. <laughs> I, couldn't, I, couldn't I couldn't solve it. I remember Batista, so I was there for Batista. Yeah. I think, um, I think there was some period when Randy Orton and John Cena were the two biggest dudes, and they were feuding all the time. Where I just gave up. That could have been anywhere from 2006 to 2010. Yes, that's the time I gave up. I missed all of the the kind of. Um, I didn't start watching again until um, what do you call it? Until um, CM Punk uh, started doing his faux Nazi thing. Oh, so that would have been two thousand and nine. Okay, yeah, that's where I think I started to come back on a little. I want. I wonder if this might have uh, coincided with the around the time that I moved back to London and started watching it again, and probably started trying to force everyone to talk about it. It probably did actually. <laughs> Yeah, it's like going, oh yeah, this thing's happening, it's really good. And everyone went, all right, maybe. <laughs> oh, hello. Sorry, guys, I've got a weird mute button on this thing. Oh. No, that, that was quite good. I really, that's what got me in because I thought, wow, this CM Punk thing they're doing is super interesting. I'm very, very interested in it. Yeah, this. and, you know, for a couple of years there, they did some quite interesting stuff around that kind of time. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before we, we go on full on retrospective here, because I feel like we're, we're, we're uh, spiraling into yeah, a tangent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so coronavirus obviously has had quite an effect with the WrestleMania situation. And Raw and SmackDown are now at the Performance Center for the foreseeable future. Um, AEW did their first show yesterday uh, from in an empty arena, um, which is you know interesting. Um, I I, you, I don't know if you want. Yeah, well, 
I don't know whether I should, our listeners probably would have would have already seen it, but uh, I yeah, you, yeah, drop the spoilers, man. Uh, so uh, the Dark Order revealed the Exalted One. Oh, who was it? Uh, it's the former Luke Harper, uh, Brody Lee. Okay. Okay. Which I'm fine with. Um, also, Broken Matt Hardy is now uh, is now in AEW. Oh. No. <laughs> but apparently, he has rid himself of his uh, former uh, host, uh, the Zenith, and it has replaced it with a new host, uh, Damascus. Well, you know what, Matt Hardy is is fine. I feel like things go downhill when you get Jeff involved. Well, Jeff's Jeff's still on SmackDown. He's still got another year on his contract, and I don't think he's yeah. planning on going anywhere. I'd love to see those two versus the um actually you know I would love to see the Hardy Boys and um uh jeez how am I forget you know Matt Young Bucks think, yes thank you I mean they had they had a very memorable series in Ring of Honor a couple of years ago that is widely available on YouTube if you did want to see the two of them uh, facing off I'll, I'll do that but I, I, I want to see it in the AEW context because it could yeah. be I mean if they could get their shit together which I guess they periodically can those two would slot into that tag division fucking amazingly I think. Matt Hardy also at this point is quite a good he's a really creative person and I think that it would be quite useful to see they could do with some people who've got some other ideas beyond kind of what they've been doing I think he'll feed quite well into that I don't think he's going to be like a main eventer or anything I don't think he'll even be a regular performer necessarily but he'll be in AEW and yeah I think you know look at look at what you know Chris Jericho before AEW you thought uh, you know I certainly thought yeah and he's reinvigorated himself be, by be, being given a lot of creative freedom to do what he wants so yeah <laughs> who knew if you let Chris Jericho be the character he was about 20 years ago but this <laughs> is the thing got popular I had first play I've been be popular again I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I think he is he is playing the same character the same guy who debuted in WWE in, in 1999 but just yeah. that guy like 21 years later so it, rather than like ignoring any other character development, Chris yeah, well, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but he's, um, I enjoy, I enjoy so much that he's, uh, he's having the time of his life. He's great fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. Um, speak, yeah. So there was I Luke Harper is around as well. Yeah, he's good. I like Luke Harper. Yeah, I think he's he's um, yeah. I it's a weird fit. I'm not sure he's a good enough talker to be the the mouthpiece for you know and the head honcho for this group but mm, we'll see this is his chance though i guess right yeah and i'm all for it he's a he's brilliant in the ring so like let's see what you can do i'm all for it you said that we need more bigger dudes oh yeah and he looks fucking enormous compared to everybody else yeah also they had um, get some big boots in the show so um they had a segment with uh jake the snake roberts uh and his uh his new uh client uh, La- uh, Lance Archer from uh, New Japan, uh, who's um, uh, a scary-looking dude and is massive, uh, which is cool. Um, they had this segment this week, which was uh, again, it was cool to have some more um, pre-tapes and stuff uh, of him in some sort of hillbilly fight club, basically kicking the shit out of a load of people <laughs> while uh, while Jake Roberts smoked a cigarette. It was weird, but it was kind of cool. Do you know what? I'm watching these clips, and I'm I'm all into audienceless wrestling. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Sold, but I quite like it. It will wear off. I know. I know the the appeal will wear off at some point. But at the moment, I'm I'm quite down for it. <laughs> I'm quite into it. It's so dumb. It's great. It's yeah. You know what? Like and uh, like 
yeah, in some ways they should just be postponing these shows and like social distancing and the rest of it. But at the same time, if they're going to do, you know, if they are going to continue to do programming, this is about the safest way they can do it. So yeah, exactly. I'm 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 okay with it. I think in broad yeah. terms. I am definitely okay with this because it's stupid and I love stupid things. As long as they're medically testing the the performers to make sure nobody's, yeah. you know, nobody's showing symptoms and they're getting them out of there if they are. And I mean, I know WrestleMania, for example, is technically coming from the performance center, but apparently it's actually going to be a multi-site thing so that there are not too many people are in the same place at any one time, which is, is sensible, you know. Um, yeah, take the risk, I guess. So yeah, I mean, you know, coronavirus has really fucked wrestling for a bit. Even like all those indie shows that have had to like, oh yeah, dude. There's going to be so many people who are out of pocket, and it sucks. But all living hands to mouth, relying on those shows. Yeah, and it, you know, it's very much like the amount of money the likes of like High Spots and like Game Changer Wrestling had invested in in those shows that are around Mania weekend, which basically oh, make serious. yeah, it's crazy. But at the same time, yeah. like. See, some people, that's like their whole year's revenue is based around that weekend, man. Oh, yeah. But, like, what can you do? Like, it's it just is what it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's beyond anyone's control. And, yeah, like, yeah, it is what it is. Um, it's a shitty situation. Hello, everybody. I'm Joe Galley, the voice of the National Wrestling Alliance, and you are listening to the WrestleCube. Moving off coronavirus, because God knows there's enough fucking stuff yeah, about yeah, it. Um, <laughs> shall we talk about uh, anything else you've been watching recently? So um, let's let's do the, the stuff you've enjoyed less first. Yes, okay. So I know you watched uh, Super Showdown, or at least some of it. Yes, or, as I call it, Super Slowdown. <laughs> yeah. I watched uh, as much of it as I could stomach, and that wasn't that much. I watched... Um, the terrible first few matches, just that crowd, that crowd did not give a shit. Like, half of the people were coming in and out. Yeah. Hot dogs or whatever, you know, whatever the local snack is. Just, it was so pointless. And and the matches themselves were were mostly terrible. Um, I, I, I couldn't sit through the whole thing. And then halfway through, I was just like, why do I watch the WWE? This is fucking terrible. I, I would suggest that you do what I do, which is that you view the Saudi shows uh, as non-canon. <laughs> <laughs> because in doing so, it makes the whole thing seem a lot a lot more sensical. Like, I can actually get my head around it. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, these are non-canon. Uh, oh, so Gol- Goldberg won the uh, the uh, Universal title on a show that didn't happen because it was non-canon. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah, because because nothing, yeah, none of, none of it happened. Like the Seth Rollins, um, oh, sorry, the Miz and um, John Morrison versus New Day. I think without that crowd, if they'd done it in Corona Land, would have been a good match. It was actually a fairly entertaining match, apart from uh, some really horrible bumps. Uh, that Kofi bump on the outside was awful and like genuinely ho- horrible to watch. Like I, I, I felt really sorry for him. I was like, don't do that. Um, but that was a good match. Um, but that crowd just shit all over it. I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. And uh, I mean, what did you think generally of the whole show? I thought the actual show wasn't that bad, but the yeah. crowd was fucking terrible. As they are for all of these shows, like the the Saudi shows, they really are like because they're the way it's set up. Unfortunately, means that the audience is quite far away from the ring, so they're, they're not really into yeah. it a lot of the time. Because it's, it's like, all the it's, it's like all dignitaries in the royal family on the floor. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that so does... You really interact with them. No. Because you, you, you really fucking shouldn't. Yeah. For reasons that we're not going to go into because I don't want to get sued, uh, you really shouldn't. Yeah, and it's just like, it just seemed like people were just like, I mean, it's cool. Like, it looked like a cool house show. Everyone's come out. They're having a good time. They're talking to their friends. Oh, we've... Things it's for the kids. Yeah, but like... We've hit the half an hour crackle, Daniel. Am I de-robotized? You are de-robotized. Yeah. Robert? Robert, Robert <laughs> Um Yeah, it's just difficult, these shows. Um, I know, I understand why they, why they do them, because God knows financially it's like because money's awesome yeah and like if you're a, a company that doesn't have this is not scrupulous about that particular regime uh, what they've you know enough has been said about that I don't, I'm not adding anything to that conversation by having that conversation now but Google it. if you're you know if you're if you don't have a problem with the or you're willing to overlook it for the amount of money they're offering you it's certainly the financial incentive to put those shows on is there yeah. and for WWE they don't give a shit like what the crowd reaction is what the fuck do they care yeah a lot of I found on these shows also a lot of the matches like not just this most recent one some of the other ones as well like there was a Triple H Randy Orton match on one of these that like it was sort of half speed (laughs) (laughs) and like I feel like they're like yeah it's it's really fucking hot and um, like we're not doing anything crazy because you see what happens when people do something stupid this is a televised house show pretty much yeah, yeah yeah All in all, but in, yeah, it's like a massive fucking house show. That's why I view it as vaguely non-canon because yeah. very little of, of note happens on them, and anything of note that does happen can be summarized normally in about ten seconds. Yeah, so I it's mean, fine. Hey, the Universal Championship uh, thing. I mean, it has changed hands on the last two of those, but both of them. If you showed me the last ten seconds of the match, I would have gone, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the, I, I felt bad for Bray Wyatt a little bit, but I also didn't want to watch Bray Wyatt versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania because I was really not up for that because um, it just doesn't nothing about it it doesn't excite me at all whereas weirdly actually I think Goldberg versus Roman Reigns could be quite fun I think so I think that's quite fun they two big fun. lads finisher after finisher kicking the shit out of each other for something less than five minutes probably yeah we don't have to we don't have to there doesn't have to be uh, chain wrestling or moves no we just need them brawling around on the outside hitting each other with chairs i don't even need that dude i don't even need that i need what they i need what lesnar and goldberg did at wrestlemania a few years ago that they had a match that was four and a half minutes long that featured like three jackhammers two f5s a shitload of spears Uh, what i want what i want is i want goldberg to spear reigns and then reigns to get up and spear goldberg (laughs) oh yeah they just have i want them to spear each other that's what they're gonna do blatantly like like writing stags. I'm I'm all over that. I'm so up for that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll 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 sign up. For and as long as it doesn't go like like and you know a five minute sprint. That's all it needs to be. It's perfect. Yeah, that's all we need. I also watched um, Elimination Chamber. I can't think of um, a horrible pun. Sl- sl- slime Elimination Chamber. Yeah. That name's <laughs> terrible anyway. Actually, now I'm thinking that's such a horrible name for anything. But anyway, well, you know, it's caused problems, obviously, for them in the past in some regions. It fucking should. It's a terrible name. Well, they had to. They 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 have to market it as No Way Out, which is only marginally better in Germany because obviously the phrase Elimination Chamber has other connotations. It has uh, connotations I'd rather not think about. Just yeah, wrestling life, wrestling cage. Yeah, No Way Out isn't much better. No, no, I mean it's marginally better. But... It's kind of, it's kind of the subheading. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not great. 
um, so yeah, that's that's slightly problematic. Um, yeah, I I watched Elimination Chamber. Um, this is what happens though when plans change, because obviously they obviously had plans to do, you know, to have something with John Cena on that show. They'd obviously planned to have um, something setting up Roman Reigns and the Fiend because originally the Fiend was going to be facing Reigns at WrestleMania. That wasn't on this show. Like I think basically a lot of stuff because of they'd made changes in Saudi Arabia, changes to the WrestleMania card you actually had a lot less stuff kind of ready to happen. So, yeah, I mean, it kind of is what it is. Okay, maybe that because... That That's was... why it was boring as fuck. <laughs> okay, because one, it was hell of boring. Two, the crowd was terrible. Again, another terrible crowd. Um, did you watch the main event? Uh, I, I saw the... I did. I, I, I'm not going to lie, I watched it at double speed. Uh, I saw Shayna Baszler and Asuka, you know, wrestling around. Shayna Baszler's very good, but the, the fans don't have anything. She's like she's a very different style of wrestler to what they they normally have, and I think that hasn't really resonated with people very well. But yeah, we'll see. Given time, yeah, I, she's really good. But I, I I mean I trust you, and you keep telling me she's very good. I haven't seen it yet, so I need to keep. Maybe I need to go back and watch some of the stuff that she's done previously. Um, but I think uh, watch anything with her and Kyrie Sane from NXT because they were brilliant together. Uh, I think uh, this is the message I sent you, and this is exactly during that match. Watching Elimination Chamber, and I can't do this anymore. It's so boring. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to let you do the heavy lifting for WWE. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. It's fair. Um, Um, uh, Sorry, the Daniel Bryan-Drew Gulag match was really fucking good, and I'm pissed off that was on this goddamn show, and it wasn't appreciated by that guy. It was the best thing on that show as well, by Country Mile. Yeah, really. Drew Gulag is really underrated as well. Like, I really like him. That pissed me off because I was like, "This is this is good. This is good wrestling." Aside from uh, aside from uh, Daniel Bryan having a wardrobe malfunction. Oh wait, did his? Uh, I didn't even notice. Did he? There were there were some balls on show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nobody needed that. No, nobody. No, no, no. No one was saying yes. No, <laughs> no. Shielding their children. Um, no. Yeah, so uh, Elimination Chamber, probably the, the less said about that, the better. Um, but, you know, I'm sure th- th- things seem, you know, obviously there's the empty arena stuff uh, for WrestleMania, but also I think the TV will do a good job of picking that up. And I think they'll probably do quite a lot of good video packages over the next few weeks to build it up. So um, Elimination Chamber, just forget that ever happened. It's fine. On the schedule. Had to happen. Yeah. Um, so I guess we can move on. To, I mean, uh, I would say the NWA, but that's also been suspended now um, for a little while. Um, as much as we do love the NWA, um, the uh, Crockett Cup has been cancelled. Yeah. Uh, there is an episode of Power, Super Power, which is being re-edited, I believe, uh, to in to involve um, the removal mentions of the um, the pay per view and stuff. So, uh, and they're ceasing operations until June. As it sounds, wow, yeah. Blood, yeah. Coronavirus strikes again. Gives me time to catch up on all the eight, uh, NWA content I didn't watch. Um, I have they do um, some stuff on on YouTube, right? As well, they're releasing some free shows. Yes, yes. So last year's seventy, uh, oh, sorry, the twenty eighteen seventieth uh, anniversary show, which has uh, uh, Nick Aldis versus Cody Rhodes in a two out of three falls match as the main event. Is it any good? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Check that out. Um, yeah. Also. Um, 
yeah, the, I, one thing I have have seen is I sat down and watched the episodes of The Circle Squared. The um, oh, yes. What did you think? Have you seen any of it? So I know I haven't actually got around to watching it yet. Okay, it's weird because they have a wrestler come out and cut a promo before the match. They do a little video package on them, and then they have a match. But the result of the match doesn't matter because whether they get an NWA contract or not is up to the fans, a combination of the fans in attendance, fans online, and a, a panel, basically, of... Uh, of so it's whether we like them or not is kind of... Uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. They had Steve Carino's son was one of the guys on there. That was pretty cool. Mm. They had a tag team that was like Carino's a father. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Carino. Indeed, indeed. Um, is he good? Uh, yeah, he's not bad, actually. He's all right. He looks weirdly like his dad, though. <laughs> it was weird. I, I found that odd. Uh, good old Steve Carino. Yeah, the dying days of ECW. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Those were the days. God. Jerry, Jerry Lynn writing die in Steve Carino's own blood on his stomach. It was weird. Oh, uh, I just... I used to love that stuff. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we do. God damn. But that's, Daniel, that's because we were children. <laughs> <laughs> Being exposed to something that we probably shouldn't have been watching, to be perfectly honest. But... There's no way. If I had known, if I was my parent, I would be like, yo, this is, you are not watching this. Yeah, yeah, you know, which is fair. It's fair. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, so... Uh, the NWA, there's not a lot to say currently, um, but yeah, hopefully they'll be back up and running and we'll get uh, rescheduled Crockett Cup at some stage because I want to see the Mighty Scale Nick Aldis match. They were building that up really well, and I'm hoping that yeah, it's just a shame for them. But again, it's the same thing that everybody else has got to deal with. It's just it is what it is currently. Um, what we can move on to though is uh, AEW Revolution. Uh, yes. Which um, yeah. was excellent. I know you're itching to talk about it, so get, let's crack on. Thoughts? I very much enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Any particular highlights? Um, uh, Pack versus Orange Cassidy was fantastic. Oh yeah, it was just fun. just a funny match, and uh, it was cool to see that much Orange, Cass- Orange Cassidy, and um, and Pack was, uh, I guess, a fantastic person for him to to have that match against. I thought because, that was a lot of fun because. It's it's so perfect to have somebody who's such a good comedy character, but is so beloved by the fans, up against somebody who's such a super serious and you know by his own admission bastard, bastard. <laughs> like and it fucking works so well. Like I think it's such a good juxtaposition of those things. And Pack sold for it perfectly. I love the fact at the beginning where they did that thing where uh, Orange Cassidy did his uh, his weak kicks and Pack just did it back. Yeah, and, and the punches as well. <laughs> killed me <laughs> I could not oh it's so I good stop laughing during that whole match and, it's fantastic. do you know what like Pac looked good in winning that but at the same time right Orange Cassidy lost nothing because his yeah. character his perfect character to do that with it was great and it also established him as a as a decent in ring presence yeah which they hadn't done up till now yeah because th- supposedly like and this has not been confirmed and I don't think anybody will ever actually... Um, so the guy who is Orange Cassidy allegedly was the uh, under the mask of Fire Ant in the uh, colony in Shikara, right? Yeah. And now Fire Ant was a very energetic, uh, very fired up wrestler. And that's the joke, because it's uh, that uh... when he became Orange Cassidy, he's actually the opposite. 
which in itself is cool. Apparently, Drew Gulak is allegedly was a soldier ant as part of the colony as well. Ah, uh, so they were uh, okay. So yeah, um, but uh, so that's that's that is what I gather where the joke originated from. But he's made it into something incredible. Like imagine getting a whole arena to pop for you putting your hands in your pockets. Yeah, exactly. Like and that like. <laughs> that quarter thumbs up thing. <laughs> oh god the, that's the, how I do my thumbs up now oh <laughs> yeah me too the um the rolling out of the ring as well the rolling when Pac rolled him back in and he would roll to the other side oh it's so it's so simple and it's like and talk about getting so much you know not putting miles on your body like not having to do you know big bumps necessarily all the way through the match like how got got bigger reactions doing that than half the roster in AEW do for doing fucking flips and shit like yeah it's the thing as well though you have to you kind of have to reserve this you can't it's not you can't have him on like in ring week in week out no no I think like twice a year at most exactly you freshly you freshly squeeze this a couple times a year you know you don't milk it dry you know but I think they know that you can have him, and you can have him on screen doing stuff every week, like with best friends and all the rest of it. And they can do a lot of the physical legwork, and he can just do the odd spot here and there, as they have been doing, and it's fine. Yeah. And when he eventually, when he eventually wins a title of some kind, like it's going to be the biggest fucking pop in the world if they play this right. Crazy. Could you see him ever being world champion? No, no, no. If they introduce a secondary title, though, which I imagine they will at some point. Yeah, you could absolutely see how that would work. That'd be fantastic. Um, yeah. Matches? Uh, Darby we... Allen versus... Oh, sorry, go uh, Oh, no, I was about to say exactly the same thing. Uh, Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara I thought was fantastic. Um, yeah, that was really good. That really high good. energy as well. Yeah. Darby Allen. A... I didn't like him. I didn't like him at first, but Darby Allen's grown on me massively. I was about to say the exact same thing. I was like, I didn't like Darby Allen. Something about him just freaked me out a bit. Now, now I think he's he's just so freaking good. I think because he's just so thin. He's so thin man. He's very charismatic though, and he moves differently from anybody else on the roster. So he I think looks like a gymnast. Yeah, it's weird. Like I, I don't know whether it's part of being an ex skateboarder or what. Like, but there's something about the way he moves that is. It's it's just really it's quite hypnotic actually the way he does yeah. what he does and it feels real, yeah. Weirdly, even though it looks ridiculous, nah, it's authentic. Yeah, I agree. Um, that match was that match was really friggin' good. And Sammy Guevara yeah, was... is such such a yeah. fantastic dickhead. Oh yeah, and like but he can back up thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Which we don't well, I mean, see that, often that, enough. There has to be a reason that he's with Jericho, right? Like, oh, like, Jericho. Jericho's seen something there. Yeah. Jericho's a wily, a wily old veteran. He, he he knows to hitch his wagon to the the, the big upcoming guys. There's nobody exactly. in the inner circle who isn't a potential future main eventer, with the exception of Jake Hager, who's being pushed as a main eventer, but he's always going to be shitty Jack Swagger. Yeah, so, which is sad for him. I feel sorry for the guy. <laughs> he's always going to be shitty Jack Swagger, though. It's just not his fault. Like, just... Poor Vince, or not poor, not poor Vince, poor him. He's Vinced for so many years. I, I think the problem is, is that he's he's a big guy who can go right, and in the ring he's fine, but he's such a fucking charisma vacuum. Yeah, but he he works as the monster. Yeah, body. until until he has to have matches, and then it's less good. <laughs> well, what did you think of the Justin? Uh, sorry, Dustin Rhodes, um, Jack Hager. Jack Hager. Eh. 
It was very meh. Also, I wasn't really... It felt really out of place in a company that's really progressive to do that uh, very 80s spot of um, Dustin Rhodes forcing himself on Jake Hager's wife. Yeah, I thought that was... Yeah, thanks for... weird. Because I remember thinking, ugh, ugh, that's... 2020, really? In this company? Ugh, stay the fuck away from my... Like, oh yeah, I I was like, wait, does he know? Are Are they together? Is he... It was weird. I didn't like that. I thought that was yeah. that was very out of place. Yeah, I um, but I wasn't a huge fan of that match in general. I think it was fine. Like, but it also, it, I would have started off the show with um, Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara because it was so fast paced and really, I, I really would have amped the crowd up for the rest of the show. They needed a hot opener, and that wasn't it. No, that was not it. That match was kind of my eyes were somewhat glazed over for that, so it was kind of a yeah, same. Um, I I thought the main event was very good. Uh, I enjoyed uh, the Moxley and Jericho having a pretty standard match, but yeah, uh, it was fine. All right, Um, I thought the the thing with uh, Moxley showing that he could see out of his eye was really fucking dumb. (laughs) It's really dumb. Because why did he do that earlier in the match? No, because you got to lure your opponent into a full sense of security. Yeah, but and then oh. blast him with the uh, vision. It was just, it was dumb. Uh, the and... real main event, the real main event was Kenny Omega and Adam Hangman yes. Page versus Young Bucks. Yeah, good lord, that's probably one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. That match was fantastic. Like honestly, that is absolute contender for match of the year already. I can't see anything that's going to top that for me. Oh, I don't know. The match, um, the Kenny Omega Hangman Lucha Bros match a couple of weeks before that was also one of the best matches. I I enjoyed that a lot, but I thought this edged it just slightly because the because there was a bit more story. Yeah, good point. Um, and Hangman Page is fucking brilliant. He's really good. He's really good. I really like him. Like, remember, I wasn't sold in. No, no, you weren't at all for a while there. Yeah, but I don't. I'm still not sold on him as a solo guy. I don't think he has the charisma on Mike or whatever to 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 be the guy however he's extremely over with the crowd so that oh yeah even more so now that he's doing that whole beer thing yeah yeah like, I think people like the beer thing I think so yeah I think people relate to him a bit more I think originally it was supposed to be that it was going to be a storyline for him to turn heel but I don't think it is now I think they're, they're course correcting yeah and I, I really like this tag team. I didn't see it coming, but I really yeah, I know me too. So well together. I I care far more about Kenny Omega now than I have done anything else he's done in AEW. Me too. Me too. Like now, I'm like, okay, I like this Kenny Omega guy. I've never been completely sold. I know how talented he is. Everyone before, and when I say everyone, I mean, I don't know, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike. <laughs> but um, I know um. I know how good he is. I'm not blind. I see how good he is. Yeah. I've never sold uh, on the full package, but I'm really starting to see what people see in him now. I, I think, for me, in Japan, he was booked specifically a very specific way that worked almost one-dimensionally to, to a certain degree. And I think New Japan, it helped that they didn't have weekly tele- television. So it's not like he had to be on, he was exposed by being on TV every week. As a single star, I don't think it worked. I also don't know that he's been booked particularly well so far as a single star. So putting him in a tag team with Adam, with Adam Hangman Page was a great idea. And and that tag division in AEW is just unbelievable. Oh yeah, you, well, you, <laughs> it's unbelievable. When you can when you can have guys like fucking SEU and Private Party on your web only B show because there isn't room on the show for them because the tag division is that stacked. 
Like, it's crazy. It's like, wow. And I used to hate tech matches, so they are really going crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've really done. And, you know, you know how I've, I've over the years, I've had some... There have been points where I was not really sold on the Young Bucks. Uh, no, they're really good, yeah, but definitely. I always, always had the issue that I always felt like they lacked. They was, It was all flips, and they like sometimes they would lack psychology. But in the last few years, there isn't a better tag team in the world. Nah, they're... they're I mean, the only... The only team I would put up against them is the Lucha Bros. They yeah. do stuff that I've never seen. <laughs> Even then, though, I I I kind of want to see the Lucha Bros as singles because actually I've seen what Pentagon can do on his own and Phoenix. Like Phoenix, man, Jesus Christ, he's that just incredible. I also I like that they've now uh, after the pay per view they've put them together with Pack as a Death Triangle. Oh, okay, that's a, that's that's a cool little stable. It's a terrible name though. <laughs> Yeah, no, also. <laughs> Who are you? Death Triangle. <laughs> the Death Triangle. <laughs> it sounds like a fucking Steven Seagal movie. That, which I would rent. Which well, yeah, I mean, of course. Steven Seagal versus The Death Triangle. <laughs> the Death Triangle. Starring Stone Cold. Michael Dudikoff. These <laughs> <laughs> <Matthews> triangles. <laughs> oh, um... Any other thoughts on the pay-per-view? Because we should probably finish uh, up fairly soon. But um... uh, Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander was terrible. I, I, it was just there. Nyla Rose is terrible. It did nothing for me. Uh, I think Chris Statlander is also terrible. Yeah, I'm not really sold on either of them, to be honest. I, it's a shame, because they've got Hikaru Shida sat there doing very little, and she's actually really good. Yes, um, their women's division is being pummeled into the ground by WWEs. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. I don't. But they they just need to it needs a bit more direction and it needs a bit more I don't know I feel like there's there's plenty of really good performers there but they need to decide who they're pushing and what their feuds are and not just have one person feuding with the champion at a time give the other performers a reason to feud yeah, with each other stuff happening yeah exactly there needs to be more story it feels life it's not just Nyla Rose is the champion Chris Statlander is the challenger yay like. I need story. I need I need background. I need a reason for them to be having a rivalry. Right now, the in ring for for or, or the people they're putting together because he said they do have a lot of talent in women, but it's just not working. Uh, and Cody versus MJF was okay. Was not yeah, working. they didn't click for me. I something yeah. for something that was like a blood feud that had been built so big. I just it didn't. It wasn't a bad match. It just didn't quite work for me. I feel like. With the with the the whips, with the whipping and the cage match, which was fantastic, mm. that friggin' moonsault, which just about <laughs> connected. Uh, He's lucky he didn't hurt himself. Yeah, exactly. But like that, that was way more epic than the payoff, and maybe that yeah. was a problem. I think they peaked too that, soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, Overall, great show. I uh, <laughs> I will I will say, uh, yeah, M- MJF, he's very good. I don't know if he's as good as people think he might be, though. I think he gets overrated a little. So who's rating him? Because I... The internet. I'm not reading it. Okay, cool. Because I'm not reading anyone else's opinions. I think he's okay. I think he's fantastic promo uh, on the mic, all of that. He's really... Yeah. Really good at talking. Um, in ring, I wasn't impressed at all. He was just your typical... He was he was playing a kind of typical heely kind of dude, but he didn't do anything that impressed me mm. at all. It's a bit cookie cutter for me when it comes to being a heel. He's very good at doing that, but I I, th- I think he's got more range that he needs to show. Like there's there's definitely something there, but I'm not sure he's necessarily ready for this yet. He might need a bit more seasoning. 
Maybe it's just maybe it's just who he, maybe I mean maybe him and Cody just didn't click. As you yeah. Think. Maybe if we see him with someone else, um, we'll get a better match because that match wasn't. It was it was very and I love Cody, but it was a very Cody match, you know. And and his matches are old school, mm. um, you know, psychology based, show based, story based wrestling kind of stuff. Yeah. Which I love generally, but it just didn't. This one was kind of maybe a step too far. I was kind of bored by it. I think the thing is, is I could see now now that Moxley's beaten Jericho, which again I I wasn't entirely in favour of, but I get it because Moxley's no, red hot right now, um, in front of that that crowd. Um, I do kind of feel like maybe MJF is going to take the belt off Moxley at some point in the near future, and then you then you eventually because then you eventually get to the long build for Cody versus MJF two, and Cody gets the title shot that he couldn't get otherwise by getting MJF to agree to it. Like there's a long term story to tell there, I think. Mm, yeah, I guess there is. I'm just not interested in it. I'm interested in the story, actually, but I'm not interested in what I know will, the wrestling match that will come. Yeah, that's the problem. I'm here for the wrestling, which is why I like AEW. We we should probably talk about the other debut in that match, which was uh, uh, Cody Rhodes' neck tattoo. Oh, yeah. I thought that was... Why? Why? It's a very strange decision to make. Uh, and um, so... I like... Fair dues. And like, it doesn't look so bad once you get used to it like now I've, I've seen it and now like he's wearing a like when you see him in the ring like or like now this week on on dynamite or you see him like the following night he was wearing a suit and you could just see the top of it it doesn't look so bad it just it was very jarring and i think that might be what took me out of the match a little bit because it was quite distracting well it's better than a massive penis sword on your chest so is it <laughs> <laughs> or is it just comparable it's uh, I don't know. I'd say the scale, the fact it isn't the size of him, you know. Yeah, I, I just—it's not just a massive dick on on his chest. It feels like a weird move to go from having one very small tattoo on your chest to having a big fuck off neck tattoo. You know what? To each his own. No, absolutely, absolutely. It do, just, do it just, thing, Cody. it felt like a weird move. But I, I have come round to Cody Rhodes massively over the last twelve months oh, or so. Um, from yeah, you know, I like him. Yeah, and he connects with the crowd in a way that nobody else does in AEW. And he's, you know, arguably the number one babyface in in. Uh, oh well, uh, maybe the number two. Well, maybe the number two slash three currently. But in the long term, I think he's the number one babyface for the company because. Moxley's red hot now, but I don't know if he'll always be that hot. And kind of Jericho is sort of the number two baby face. I mean, hey, the crowd sing like I the crowd sing along to his song has become such a great. Oh yeah, and his entrance as well. And oh, that was really cool as well with the choir. Like that was very cool. That was fantastic. I actually loved um, also Cody Rhodes. The band doing his. Um, oh, they were fucking well. terrible. They were terrible, but I did like the fact that it happened. I enjoy the uh, the continued parallels between Cody Rhodes and Triple H, though. Like <laughs> getting the band to play you down to the ring, you get like a your own special entrance. You get a throne. <laughs> hey, hey, that's that's uh, he's uh, Triple H is the he's the blueprint for <laughs> for in ring boss. Yeah, yeah, but I like the idea that people are like, oh yeah, you know, like Cody Rhodes is such a different guy. Like yeah, you know, to Triple, I'm like mm, he's basically just just you know. 
Triple H. Emulating Triple H and like more power to him. It's a good person to fucking emulate. If you're going to emulate anybody, Jesus Christ, that's the guy to go for. Because, you know, Triple H might not have been the most over or most successful guy in the ring, but you can't argue that he's clearly, in the long term, the most successful person in WWE in the last 25 years. Oh, yeah. Because eventually he's going to own the company. (laughs) Yeah, he went from jobber to king. Yeah, so... King of kings, actually. Yeah, you know. (laughs) And, and you, like, you, there's no way that when Vince McMahon dies, he's not, like, he's not running that company. Oh, no, unless Vince McMahon has, like, some horrible secret plan. I mean, he probably does. (laughs) I think it's going to be, I imagine it'll be to sell WWE to Disney. (laughs) Wow. Can you even allow that to happen? Like, I mean, monopolies. Like, someone would have to stop that. I don't think it's a monopoly, though, is it? Because what other wrestling company is there that's owned by... There's still AEW now, so it's not a monopoly. All of the, all of the things are like... <laughs> someone needs to stop that. A monopoly on the entertainment things are like... like just stop. You own enough, Disney. Never. Never. <laughs> the mouse is hungry. Feed us. Feed me. Feed me more. <laughs> the, the, the mouse is hungry and it dines on IP. <laughs> it does, exactly. <laughs> it drinks the sweet, sweet IP. Um, but yeah, I, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> We've got down a weird road, man. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I thought. I thought uh, Revolution was a really good show. Generally, um, it moved pretty well. There were lots of good matches. Uh, the big angles delivered, um, and you know, a few in-ring disappointments, but still. It moved quickly enough that I enjoyed the show. So, yeah, yeah. no major complaints. Yeah, and it felt like it moved everything forward as well. Like the booking was all logical. You could see where everything's going to go from here. It's you know, and in a few weeks uh, we're going to get the uh, the blood and guts match. What's that? Uh, it's War Games, but they don't have the rights to the name War Games. Oh, so we're getting the Elite versus the Inner Circle in War Games. I love that. Uh, I love um, War Games. The problem is, it's supposed to be next week. Uh, so, behind closed doors? I guess so. I'll watch that. But I actually think that could be alright, you know, because I don't think the crowd is really important for War Games. Nah. I think, in a way, actually, having like, it might be more like a war game, if you like. Uh, a war. Um, yeah, like, it might be kind of, it's the sort of mad angle match like really kind of gimmick drip heavy match that actually I don't think it matters that there's no crowd it'd be quite interesting with no crowd considering I think so is, you know? yeah I mean it'll be interesting to see um, it's very hard to say how that's all going to go down but yeah it's certainly it's ambitious for them to try it this early on and that, but I'm, I'm here for it I, I, I think they can pull it off mm, yeah no I'm looking forward to that Cool. Um, I think we should probably wrap up there because I don't think there's much else uh, going on because of coronavirus. Um, <laughs> yeah, the world has ended. Yeah, you know. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, uh, uh, the flames of Hades will have taken us all. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, this will be the, probably the last ever WrestleCube because we'll all be dead. Yeah. I mean, soon to fill our lungs the hot winter death, you know? We're <laughs> laughing, so take your last breath. Ah, never a truer word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, well, I- I've been Tom Mimner. And I've been Cube. Um, we will be back at some point in the near future either pre or post Wrestlemania or uh, you know coronavirus allowing it's corona Uh, you know 
we'll uh, we'll be around doing something. Um, so yeah, um, thank you very much for listening, and uh, yeah, uh, so long, folks. Metallica. Metallica 2003. <laughs>